Kevin decided one day to jump off a bridge <laughs> and he's still here. The the bridge. And all the, all I'm wanting on the bus is for one person to say, hey kid, are you okay, brother? Something wrong, pal, can I help you? I made a pact with myself. If one person says or does this, I will. If one person says or does this, I won't die today. She was smiling and I thought, this is it. This lady's gonna ask me if I'm okay. I don't have to do this. I don't have to die today. And instead she goes, will you take my picture? Yeah. Did the picture turn out good, though? <laughs> she posed wow. like five times and... Yeah, that would have made me want to jump over you yeah. more. Yeah, I, I think like, I saw this chick. I'm not sticking around to take more photos. See you later. She <laughs> took her camera with I, you. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's ice cold. back to the podcast um look today's one is gonna be heavy uh, i'm gonna be honest i feel like it's gonna be heavy. it's gonna inspire people uh but one thing i want you to do is listen to this podcast the whole way through to the end give us your thoughts feelings and opinions on how you feel about today's episode the man in front of me um is lucky to be here lucky to be anywhere lucky to be anywhere same as me yeah Ke kevin heinz is this it right kevin yeah, yeah yeah so i actually saw a video on tiktok and it was it moves me because at the time i just this well this year i've lost uh two people very close yeah. to me to suicide yep and at the time i was like fuck i need to talk to this dude so i sent it to my team and i know they've been trying to reach out and they got through to your wife yeah and then she's like let's make it happen yes um so i'm very thankful that you're here and i'm very thankful of TikTok for showing me the for you page and showing uh, a little bit of your story but for people that um are tuning in Kevin decided one day to jump off a bridge, <laughs> and he's still here. The the bridge, the big bridge. How 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 high is it? What's it? It's the Golden it, Gate. Is it's that... the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. The, 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 the highest point for suicide in the world. Wow. And not not physically high, but the but the most uh, used point for suicide in the world. Yeah. Um. You know, you know, and and let me let me just tell your audience, it wasn't like a decision. Like, you decide to go grab a slice of pizza. I was like compelled right. to take my life by things like the voices in my head, auditory visual hallucinations, paranoid delusions. And I live with bipolar disorder. And so did my birth parents, I'm adopted. Yeah. And I was in so much what I call lethal emotional pain, which is the common denominator of how and why we lose people to suicide, that I believed I was useless. I believed I had no value, and I thought my family hated me and wanted me gone. Do you think any of that was true? No. No, but I couldn't see it. Yeah. And that's what led me to the Golden Gate Bridge. At, I was 19, and it was literally the worst day of my life and almost the end of my life. Yeah. 99% of the people who leap off that bridge never, ever get to do this. They never get to tell their story ever yeah. again. They're gone. Yeah. 1% in 85 years have survived that fall. And that's roughly 39 people in 85 years of wow. that bridge being open. Nearly a century bridge being open. 1% survive. What are the, what are the reasons how you survive? Like 
well, doing the, a backflip? Like, <laughs> we got to make this light. We got to make. I, I, no, I no, have, we have to. That's we have how to. I deal with no, stuff. and when and when I give my speeches, I I, I have a lot of jokes. Like I, yeah. I tell a lot of jokes because you, you you can't live in the pain this whole conversation. Yeah. Or else people are gonna go like, oh, I can't listen to this. You yeah. know. But and this is my prerogative. I don't push this on people because everyone believes different things. I give it up to God because. There were, there were like four things that happened that day that if one of those di things didn't happen, I wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. And I'll just tell you. So I go to the Golden Gate Bridge. I get off the bus. And all, the, all I'm wanting on the bus is for one person to say, hey, kid, are you okay, brother? something wrong, pal? Can I help you? I would have told that person everything and begged him to save me, right? Mm -hmm. I, couldn't, I couldn't say it out loud, but I, would, I made a pact with myself. If one person says or does this, I will. If one person says or does this, I won't die today, right? Yeah. And I'm on that, I get, I get off, I, I walk onto the bridge, I pace back and forth for about, I think it was about 40 minutes, crying, hoping someone stops me. And that's when a woman approached me from my left and, 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 and she had these giant sunglasses on and she was smiling and I thought, this is it, this lady's gonna ask me if I'm okay, I don't have to do this, I don't have to die today. And instead she goes, will you take my picture? And I was like, good Lord, how can you not see Fuck. me about to die right here, right now? Yeah. But it's not her fault. She can't read minds. That's, you know, there's no, you know, I put it all in her hands and that was the wrong thing to do. Yeah. Did the picture turn out good though? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you I'm know, saying. you know what, uh, these, uh, <laughs> recently these, uh, these cartoonists made a, a, a movie about it, about this moment. And you see the, the you see the woman there, like young lady in her twenties and she's like, you know, doing all these poses because she posed wow. like five times and I took these pictures and then and then uh, yeah, that would have made me want to jump over you. Yeah, yeah I, I think I know this chick. I'm not sticking around to take more photos. See you later. <laughs> and yeah. then she, she walks Should away. Have took and her like, camera with uh, you. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> 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 oh, that's ice cold. Oh, but 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 she walked away and I was like, absolutely, no one cares. Yeah, which was the furthest thing from the truth. Literally everybody in my life cared. Yeah. Nobody knew where I was what I was doing so here's what happened here's how I I think I survived and you can my my biggest thing is God but I'll just tell you this so when I went over the rail a woman driving by in a red car saw me go over and called her friend in the United States Coast Guard from her car phone cell phones weren't even a big thing so it was a car phone which is an older version of right you know and she calls her friend in the Coast Guard who happens to be manning the waters of the bridge at that very moment the singular reason the Coast Guard got to my position in the water before I would set in hypothermia and drown was because of that woman's phone call. Fuck. Yeah. So that's where it starts. In the water. Okay, first of all, it's, it's a 220-foot it's a drop. It's a four-second fall. It's 25 stories. It's, it's a, the height of some buildings in San Francisco, height of some buildings here. And, 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 you fall at closing, you close in on almost 95 miles per hour, the speed of terminal velocity. It's very fast. And in those four seconds of that fall, I just said, what if I just don't want to die? God, please save me. And I hit the water. I immediately shattered my T12, L1, and L2 low vertebrae into shards. I missed on that day, severing my spinal cord by two millimeters. Fuck. Millimeter, like, like, like that, right? I go down 70 feet beneath the water surface because when you fall from that height at that speed and you make that impact, a vacuum sucks you under very deep. And now I'm drowning. And I don't want to drown. 
But I didn't think for one moment that by jumping to a giant body of water, I might drown. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, but that just goes to show you this irrational and illogical nature that is suicidal crisis, right? And so I go down, and I'm open my eyes, and I'm, I'm moving all around in the water, and I, I don't know which way is up or down. I start to swim in one direction. I'm going down. My eyes begin to bulge. My ears begin to ring. I know I'm making a mistake. I shoot for the surface, the opposite direction. I swim as fast as my arms will take me because I can't feel my legs. They were working, but I couldn't feel them. And I swim up to the surface, and as I got closer and closer to this kind of lit circle of water above me, I realized I thought I'm not going to make it. This is where I go. It's over. And I'm convulsing because I'm running out of air. It's just 70 feet with no air, you know? It's pretty heavy. And and so I, 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 I said to myself in that moment, I remember saying this to myself, I said, Kevin, you can't die here. You die here, no one's going to know you didn't want to. No one's going to know you knew you made a mistake. And I, was, I kept going at that time. I broke the surface of the water. I bobbed up and down. And I did the one thing I've had control over since kindergarten. I prayed. God, please save me. I don't want to die. God, please save me. I don't want to die. I made a mistake. And at that very moment, something began to circle beneath me. And I was tripping. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I didn't die jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, and a shark is going to freaking eat me. Fuck. Oh, what the my chances? God. Fuck. You you know, I, was, I was freaking out. I took my one good arm, and I'm punching this thing. It's not going away. Now it's just circling faster and faster. I'm waiting for it to bite off my leg or my arm or my ear. But it's not biting me. I'm like, well, this is the nicest shark I've ever encountered, you know. And, and it, it just started circling beneath me so much that no longer was I treading or wading in the water. I'm lying atop it on my back being kept buoyant by this creature. It's hitting the back of my shoulders what? and my knees. And it's literally keeping me afloat. Literally keeping me afloat. Well, I, I, I thought for a year that it was a shark. And I'm on this show on ABC News one day promoting a suicide prevention campaign. I say on the show, I thought there was a shark beneath me in the water. And people write into the show from all over the world. And one man's letter sticks out. His name was Morgan. He was from Las Vegas, Nevada. He was on the bridge that day with his mom. And he wrote and he said, Kevin... I'm so very glad you're alive. I was standing less than two feet away from you and you jumped. Until this day, watching this show, no one would tell me whether you lived or died. It's haunted me until right now. By the way, there was no shark like you mentioned on the show, but there was, in fact, a sea lion. When the people above looking down believed it to be keeping your body afloat until the Coast Guard boat arrived behind you. Wow. Wow. Must have been pissed that you were punching it when you were trying to save <laughs> yeah. trying to save my life, and I'm like hitting it. Yeah, no, it's terrible. But, but what are the? But it was amazing, and and the best part about that sea lion story is that my dad called me um, a year later to the date of my attempt, yeah. and he goes, "Kev, we're going for a drive," and I had forgotten that it was my anniversary of my attempt. He goes, "Kev, we're going for a drive." I was like, "Where are we going, Dad?" He's like, "I said for a drive." You know, that's my dad. Yeah. So we get there and. We go for a drive, and I can see he's going right to the bridge. And I'm like, Dad, I, I don't want to go there. And he's like, Kevin, it's the anniversary. We need closure. I'm like, you need closure, old man. I need to go home and lay down. Yeah. He said, no, we need to do this. We need closure. We're doing this. And I was like, okay, Dad. So we get to the, the – we, we picked a flower out of a flower bed. I did. And, and we get to 
the Golden Gate Bridge parking lot, and I'm nauseous. I'm feeling really sick. I do not want to go back out there. Well, we start walking on the bridge, and I'm, I get vertigo. So I'm dizzy. I'm, I'm falling over myself. My dad's holding me, you know, trying to hold me up. And he says, show me where, like exactly where you attempted. And I knew the exact light rail. And so I showed him where, and he, we said a prayer together, and he says, drop the flower. And I dropped the flower, and it kind of wafted down real slowly and hit the water, making the tiniest of ripple effects. And two feet to the right popped up a sea lion. Whoa. And it was, that is fucking crazy, man. It was the most beautiful moment I spent with my dad, besides him being the best man at my, my wedding with my wife. And, and you know, there was no other choice, and all my friends were pissed off. I didn't care. Yeah. You know? You know, listen, it, it, I, I, as I said to you before the camera started rolling, I'm lucky to be anywhere. I'm lucky to be anywhere. I'm lucky I get to exist. Yeah. And so when I have these encounters with people where, uh, where I tell them my story and they tell me theirs, and these are people who have never told their stories to anyone. They're mental health stories, you know? They've never told their stories to anyone. And I get on a stage and I share with people this, this story and they resonate with it. And they come up to me and they share their story. And it's the first time they've ever done it. And they're terrified to do it. They don't want to share their story, but they're like compelled to. And these are some of the most painful, tragic, horrible stories of, of, uh, of, of real emotional pain from around the world. And I'll ne- I, I've gotten this, you know, I've done this for 21 years telling my story. Seven months after my attempts, I told my first story. But I'll tell you, it never gets old. It's always therapeutic. The only hard time it's hard is when I'm having a bad mental health day. But when it's a good mental health day, I see people that come up to me and say, because of you, I chose to live. I don't, I don't own that. I don't say that I save lives. I say that I'm a conduit, I'm a messenger, just in the way you are in some way, you know? It's a different kind of way, but it's, you're, you're, you're Mine's messenger. Mine's the worst way. <laughs> <laughs> but at least it's funny. Yeah. At least it's, at least it's, and it's, and it's certainly entertaining, and people appreciate it, and they appreciate you, or you wouldn't have this great platform. So there it is. You're doing good work. Right. This holiday season, I'm giving thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Hell yeah, dude. I'm stoked for the holidays. I'm buying all my fucking pubes, bros. Some yeah. buzzers, dude. I need my, it. All bro. my friends got bushy ass pubes. Yeah. And I'm buying them the lawnmower 4.0. That's what I'm doing with my friends. We're starting a fucking gang. It's called the Clean Balls Gang. Yeah, dude. All my friends, they their their dicks used to look like a mushroom in a <laughs> shrubs, but now it's like this long horse cock because <laughs> of manscaped. Because of manscaped. Yeah. And we have long horse cocks as well. And you can too with the lawnmower 4.0. Oh, so there's over 4 million men with nice trimmed up cocks, looking beautiful, looking throbbing, the veins, everything. You can see every fucking minor detail that you need to see in that throbbing cock. Fuck pubes. Hashtag 2022. We're going pubeless. Yeah, they also got 20% off with free shipping using the code TAPIN at manscaped.com. Yeah, and the best thing about the Lawnmower 4.0 is there's a fucking light on it, which is unheard of. So when you got your leg propped up in the shower and you're trying to get those fucking hard reach around bits, yep. that usually would be patchy without a light. Yeah, no patchy buttholes. You can out see here, the dingleberries, dude. you can see fucking everything, and you can shave that shit the fuck off. Dude, I'm sold. How do how 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 do I get this? Look, listen in, you little fucking pelicans. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TAPIN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code TAPIN at manscaped.com. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift from Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. And so when people come up and say that this happens, I'm not, I'm not saving lives. What I'm doing is being a messenger, and they're going home and doing the work, and they're saving and changing their own lives. They just give me credit, and I appreciate that credit, but yeah. I want to put credit where credit is due, and that's to the person who gets up every day, puts in the work for their mental well-being, their wellness, and takes care of themselves, you know? Yeah. Suicide is running rampant around the world in, in every factor of life. More military officers than ever before died by suicide, more law enforcement, more dentists, more doctors, more lawyers, uh, more 5 to 12-year-old black kids are dying by suicide than ever before in the history of the world. Fuck. It's terrible. Five years old. That is insane. And they're being abused at home, and it's it, it's devastating, you know? Um, especially after, like, the pandemic. Especially after, too, like... during the pandemic, after the pandemic. Well, because the, the, the kids that are at home, whatever color they are, that are being abused, now they're being abused all the time. There's They, they can't yeah, get there's away. There's no escape. There's no escape. And it's just devastating, and they're... And they're, and they're Four or five years old taking their lives. When did that become a thing? My God, you know, it's. But but you know what? There's there's a there there's a silver lining, like the movie with Bradley Cooper. There's a silver lining, um, and that silver lining is this: that there are more people than ever before that are willing to have the conversation, mm. like we're doing right here, right now. And when you, when you Harry, talk about these things it's going to resonate more because of how well-known you are and, and, how, and how loved you are by a lot of people. Yeah. And that's going to affect lives, and that's a great thing. It's a great thing. You're doing a great thing right now. Yeah. And, and people need to hear that there is hope, there is light at the end of the tunnel, and that suicide is never the solution to their problem. It is the problem. Yeah. If we can help people use self-awareness techniques while in suicidal crisis, we can help them turn to someone next to them and say, I need help now. Yeah. That's what I do every time I'm suicidal. I live with chronic thoughts of suicide, but I'll never die that way. Yeah. I, 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 I've lived with those thoughts for 21 years, but I've never attempted again because I know my thoughts don't have to become my actions. My thoughts don't have to own, rule, or define what I do next. They can just be my thoughts. And every time I'm suicidal, which is often enough, I turn to my wife or my father or my friends, and I say, I need help now, and I get it. Yeah. And if it's not the first person I turn to that's going to help me, I'll turn to as many people as I need to until somebody is willing to empathize with my pain. Wow. My, my biggest thing, the reason why I really want to talk to you is when uh, Tavita passed this year, who is one of my uh, great friends, I just question myself like i as a very close friend to him i i had a lot of friends that uh had they were angry yeah. didn't know how to they were more pissed off that he did it uh for me i started questioning what i could have done better my biggest thing is i just want to know like in the i know it's obviously different for every single person that's you know on the ledge what was the biggest thing going through your head were, were you blame it on other people was it more so like i'm uh upset at myself i'm annoyed i got to this point i'm annoyed that this bad thing has happened because i think 
no one really no one really knows how to because there's so many unanswered questions like when Tavita passed or my best friend's mum passed uh, a little bit later on I just, we just had I just had so many questions I, I didn't know what to do I didn't know who to talk to I didn't know how to get that closure the only thing that I could think of was I started seeing it's, it's crazy I was I live on the 36th floor of this building and there's never any birds but these this like little finch just come and sat and I was like oh he's checking in and that was the only closure I ever yeah. got I just, I think the, what I'm trying to ask is what, what's the best response to, uh, to try and get closure instead of, cause my mom gets angry. She's like, yeah. why do you do this? Yeah. And I, and I ask questions, uh, what's the best way to go about it? Or if you have a friend that's maybe attempted, how do we not make them feel uncomfortable or feel yeah. like they're, uh, that everyone's, you know, trying to, I don't know, like, uh, give them what am I trying to say? But yeah, I guess what's the best way to, to go about go yeah. about the situation? So the way I see your question is like twofold. So like, what is the best way to to look at someone who's already passed and, and, and how do you move forward, right? Yeah. And so to answer that question, I would say this. Um, I don't believe we can move on from suicides. And the word is very particular, onward. I don't believe we can move on from suicides. I think they're ingrained in our system. They're devastating. They break us. They're horrifying. We love those people, and they're gone forever, and there's nothing we can do, and we hold that guilt, that guilt that doesn't belong to us. Okay, It's not ours to harbor or bear. It's too much weight on anybody's shoulders. So push that aside. And I'm sorry for your losses. I really am. Uh, but I do believe we can look to the living those who still remain that are by our side, those who are here right now in this present moment, and find a way to move forward. And the way to move forward, in my opinion, is to celebrate the life of those you lost in a way that is public, real, and physical. And the way you do that, again, in my opinion, is by celebrating their birthday with people that love them just as much as you do. Cake and a candle, and you're only allowed to talk about the good times. On that day, it's a sacred day yeah. that you're only allowed to talk about the good times. And anybody that brings up some shit, you go, hey, uh, tackle them. Happy thoughts, tackle them. Yeah. You can do that. You're huge. Kill them. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you talk about the beauty that they were and forever will be right here and right here. Yep. And that's the way you move forward one, one, one year at a time with the loss like that. I have lost 11 people Fuck. to suicide. One, two is too many. 11 is way too many, you know? Yeah. Um, and so to, to answer your other question is, is how do you reach someone who's attempted and you're worried about them? It, it's actually pretty simple, and people don't don't get this. Talk about it with them. Yep. Open up the doors to having the conversation about suicidal ideation, self-loathing, and depression and pain. Harry, pain is inevitable. It's coming for all of us if it hasn't already. Suffering is optional. It's a choice. And before anybody judges that sentence, think about it like this. Every clinician I ever had before the ones I have now, every mental clinician I've ever had, 
told me I was suffering from bipolar disorder, suffering from mental illness, suffering from depression, or suffering from an eating disorder, what I was, and I was. Suffering, 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 suffering. I adopted that narrative as my own, thus becoming a sufferer. But that only made me the victim of my own story. It wasn't until I recognized that I could fight the pain, live with the pain, battle the pain, and thrive despite of the pain that I finally became the hero of my own story. Here, I was born in squalor and severe poverty. I lived in crack motels in the beginning of my life. But I've never suffered a day in it. I've never gone to a crack hotel. Does Good. There's every room, they're just hitting it. <laughs> you get a free... free you get, if you get seven nights, you get a free crack pipe. Is that how you work? Sorry, I've got to try and make it funny. Fourteen nights free in a in a little bump. No, I, 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 I when I was when I was born, yeah, uh, my, my my birth parents had two kids, me and my brother, and they they both had manic depression, what we today call bipolar disorder, the very same brain disease I've been diagnosed with, and after they had me and my brother, they couldn't cope, they had no money. They had no feasible legal income, no way to support themselves. They had to hustle to survive. And that meant doing scoring and selling drugs. And when they did score and sold drugs, they had to leave me and my infant brother alone on a CD box spring for a mattress over a concrete slab floor. If we had fallen, we would have cracked our heads open and died. If we had touched the dangerous drug paraphernalia, we could have, could have ended up dead. Um... And, and, and really that was, that was their life, you know, because of, because of, not because of drugs, but because of mental illness. Mental illness led to the drugs. You know, they were coping with drugs and they had to keep a roof over our heads. So they would abandon us and leave us neglected, you know, and, and that's when we were, we were taken in and put into foster care, you know, but that humble beginnings, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and. You know, in this situation, my brother and I bounce around from home to home in foster care, and then we both get a vicious strain of bronchitis and one home filled with neglect, and he died. <coughs> yeah. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <coughs> Sorry, I just choked on my own spit. But, that's, <laughs> but, that's, but, you, but you're alive, so it's I'm, okay. I'm here. That you're is here. fucked up. I'm so sorry. You know, you, don't be sorry. We all have issues to live with. We all have crosses to bear. We all have painful stories to tell. Not me. Not no, you. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Got, my life's fucked. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> my life sucks, dude. <laughs> so fucked. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I love this. Uh, but, you know, uh, I look at it like this. Dude, we got sick wallets, We got man. sick wallets going on, and the scariest thing about having a normal wallet is there's no... Protection. Yeah, you, you can, can get lose your shit it. Skimmed. It's all bulky and shit too. Like bulky you, you sit, sucks. it's like you, you're uncomfortable. Oh, it's ugly. It's displays your hips. These are affordable wallets. Better looking, more comfortable. You pop that open. You got your cards in Easy, here. Easy, accessible. Yeah, dude. And if you're traveling, this is possibly the best thing for you because when you do travel, people do try and scam and skim your cards. So if you have one of these, it protects you from that, and it's it. 
It's durable. It looks great. And also, if you do lose it, there's a little key card that you yeah, put in these, it. Yeah, Exter also sells these yeah, little, little tracking cards, which is great. You could track your wallet. Yeah. What else could you do with it? You could it? put it in your boyfriend's bag. Nice. Yeah, and you, you can see if he's cheating on you. Hell yeah. All sorts of fucking car. All sorts of perks with one of these. I'm going to buy this. I track Harry wherever he's going just to make sure he's safe. Yeah, but he and doesn't know I put the card up my ass. <laughs> so there we go. I know he's tracking me. Uh, where can we go to get one? So right now, Exter is running a Black Friday sale where you can get up to 40% off site-wide. And if you use our link, you get an extra 5% off. That link is Exter. Dot com. That's E-K-S-T-E-R dot com. Use discount code Harry Jousey, all one word. Get an extra 5% off on top of the 40% off. I have nothing to complain about. I've been given a coveted second chance at this life. That 99% of the people that did the exact same thing that I did never got. They say that 1,800 people have died off the Golden Gate Bridge. That's a myth. That's a lie. Because all the bodies that wash away to sea are, never, are eaten by fish to the bone. The number is more like 3,000, 4,000 or higher. But people won't, people won't tell you that. The people that run and own the bridge won't tell you that. They like to stick to that 1,800 number. But it's bullshit. Yeah. And that's just the bridge. That's just that one bridge. Yeah. That's just that one bridge. And so uh, after I did what I did, my father founded the, uh, the Bridge Rail Foundation with... Uh, makes bridges now? Well, hold on. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. He founded the Bridge Rail Foundation uh, with uh, with Paul Muller and Dave Hall. Dave Hall lost his daughter to the Golden Gate Bridge. She jumped off and she died. She was 13. And and Paul Muller had, had skin in the game and cared about the cause a great deal, and he worked tirelessly to, to make this happen. So all these people and the board members there and myself, we worked, we worked for the better part of 20 years to raise a net at the Golden Gate Bridge to stop the suicides. I am very happy to say they're building the net right now. Yes. As of 2023, not one more beautiful soul will ever again die off the Golden Gate Bridge. And that that ninth wonder of the world, what some call the most beautiful man-made structure ever created, will become the largest, brightest, and most powerful beacon for suicide prevention, reduction of access to lethal means wow. right, right around the world. That is Damn. awesome. Yeah. They should have like... Wow full-time volunteers just walking up and down the bridge just saying hi to people yes, every day. They should. Every they should. They should. Every bridge that has suicide should have that. Yeah. Wow. You know, and, and, and well, there is a group called the Bridge Watch Angels who go out on like holidays and when they, when they can get together and there's a huge group of them that are run by ex-law enforcement and they go out there and they engage with people and when they see someone by themselves and remember, I was by myself, and I'm, I'm, I'm leaning over the rail. I'm crying my tears to waters below. They would have stopped me because they stopped people like this, and they've saved lives. And then you've got the bridge patrol, the bridge officers who now walk back and forth, and they, they've done this for some time. Uh, but I'll tell you, when I was there jumping, that day I jumped, these two officers went right by me twice. But they weren't trained in suicide prevention back then. They didn't know what to look for. They've been trained, and now these officers save between 50 and 120 lives off that bridge every single year, and that's amazing. Wow. It's amazing. Two of those officers I went to high school with, which is really cool. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it's, it's been a long and arduous road for me. I, I've, been in, I've been in nine psych ward stays in the last 14 years for suicidal crisis, but it was after the third involuntary stay where I was forced in against my will that I made a cognitive decision. When I'm suicidal, 
I'm going to walk into a psych ward and I'm going to say, I need help now. I need to be here or I won't be here. Yeah. And that's what I've done. I've become self-aware with my diagnosis. I know that, uh, that I don't have to die when I'm thinking about it. I know that there's so many people that love me. And even if you're a person, and I, I've met so many people like this over the, over the years, traveling and speaking, even if you're a person who uh, believes you have no one and nothing, there's something you have. Mm. You. If you can go and look in the mirror and find ways to stop self-loathing and be self-positive, you can transition your life. And it sounds, it's not easy. Mm. It sounds easy, it's not easy. And it's easy for me to say and harder for you to do. But the brain is the most malleable organ in the body. It's the most malleable organ in the body. You can literally retrain the brain to think positive thoughts from, from a terrible negative outlook. And what I do in, in, in presentations is, is especially with high school kids, because it's, it's a great reaction that you get, is you go, okay, I'm going to say my name, you say your name, then repeat after me. And okay, do this with me, okay? okay. Both of you, do this with me, right? And we're going to be a little vocal here, okay? All right. Every single person in the world has a negative inner critical voice. Yep. Every person in the world. It comes from every hateful, spiteful, hurtful thing that's ever been done to us or said to us. We internalize those things as children and youth, and we bring them out when we're in pain. And we hurt ourselves with those words. I call that voice bitch boy. <laughs> Fuck that bitch boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's good. I like that. I'm going to remember that. So I'm going to say my name, you say your name, and then repeat after me. Okay. Kevin. Michael Jackson. No. We'll try again. We'll try again. Kevin. Harry. Abby. You are. You are. I am. I say you are. You are. The greatest. The greatest. Kevin. Harry. Abby. You are. You are. You are. Wonderful. Wonderful. Kevin. Harry. Abby. You are. You are. Amazing. Amazing. Kevin. Harry. Abby. You are. You are. The dog diggity best. The dog diggity best. And Kevin. And Harry. And Abby. You are. You are. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. I already knew that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So you feel better already. It, you feel better already. So when, when you do this, not only do you release oxytocin in your brain that makes you feel better, but you actually retrain the brain to believe these things. It, it comes from, think of every faith in the world, right? Yeah. Every faith in the world follows uh, an edict, and that's recite, repeat, believe. Recite a prayer, repeat a prayer, believe a prayer, right? But it also, you know, it's the same thing like in the military when they recite their cadence, right? Recite, repeat, believe. If you recite something, if you repeat it, you will believe it is true. So if I say my dick is eight inches, <laughs> <laughs> enough times in a day. It's going to be real. It's going to be real. It's going to happen for you. Fuck, every morning I'm going to be screaming at this thing. I think we're talking about the mind here. I, I'm sorry, Harry. I apologize, Freddie. Fuck. Fuck. Damn. Okay, so all this horrible stuff happened. You were at the lowest point in your life. Yeah. What gets you out of bed in the morning today? Like, what do you get so excited about? You know, you have a beautiful wife, yeah. your your dad. What makes what makes you tick? So first of all, when I, when I wake up, the first thing I do is say thank you. Thank you for giving me this chance to be here today, and I'm going to be here tomorrow. Uh, and, and, and I turn to my wife, 
who is my greatest gift. She's, she came into my life. I met her in my third psych ward stay. You know, she, she, she was visiting her cousin. I was in there as a patient, and, and we fell in love. I was in love with her the first moment I saw her. I, yeah. I, I knew she'd be the rest of my life. I didn't tell her that. That would be awkward. Yeah. Uh, but, but, I, but I eventually told her that, like, you know, on our second date, I told her I loved her. Which she was oh, like, um, thank you, you know? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, it all worked out. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, but I wake up thankful every day, filled with gratitude, and gratitude and resilience are two of the most protective factors from suicidal crisis. And it's because if you can hold gratitude inside your pain, you can survive it. People in America and around the world today have lost their resilience. There's a lot of shit going on in the world. A lot of shit that's terrifying. And people are broken. Mm. And the youth of today's culture have been raised on their devices. And they forget that there's a whole real world out there that they need to engage in to become real adult human beings. They also forget that their brain doesn't fully develop until 26, 25 years of age. Oh, sweet. So I can learn, still you, learn how you, to read. You got, pl you got plenty <laughs> of time, Harry. And so, and, so, and so they think this is it and this is all I'll get for the rest of my life. This is all I'll be for the rest of my life. If I'm being bullied now, then I'm useless for the rest of my life. No. You can't put your, you can't put your worth on the words of someone else. Or the actions of someone else. What if they're really hot, though? If they're really hot and they're hurting you, you can't put your your, your worth on on their on their words. You can't do it. You can stare at them, but you can't. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, but 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 we've got to help people of all ages recognize their true value in the face of terrible pain. I always say. Uh, don't let your pain defeat you. Yeah. That's too easy. Instead, let it build you brick by brick from the ground up until you are stronger than ever, until you build that wall around yourself that is impenetrable and no one can break through because you know who you are and you know where you're going and what they say is irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. I was the kid in grade school. I'm part black. And part of a lot of things. Jamaican, black, Arawak, Indian, I can go on forever. It's like 10 things. <laughs> um, in grade school, I went to an all-white grade school. First, from, from kindergarten through seventh grade. It was brutal. Because a lot of them were extremely racist. And they, <clears throat> they tried to break me. The eighth graders, when I was in fourth grade, would pick me up, turn me upside down, and place me in garbage cans and say that's what I was because I didn't look like them. The, the guys in my class would take me from behind, hold me from the back, and then one guy would come in front and punch me in the gut so they wouldn't see the bruises. Damn. It was brutal. <clears throat> and it defined that time for me because in that time, I hated myself. I was in fourth grade and I hated myself. Who deserves that? No one. But that happens all around the world. Because hurt people hurt people. The bullies that I dealt with, they were being beaten at home. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I forgive them. I completely forgive them. I'm not crying. I'm not asking for anybody's pity. These are the facts. This is what happened. And it broke me. And it absolutely played a critical role in my leaping off of that bridge. Because the words they used when they call me little red N-word every day, because my hair's red when it grows out, and, and the things they said to me and did to me were brutal. And they stayed with me. And then I, I brought them into my mind, and they became my inner critical voice. Yeah. And every time I look in the mirror, I hated what I saw. Until I realized I could change what I believed if I just told myself that I was beautiful, loved, worthy, and that I mattered every single day. And that your dick's eight inches. <laughs> <laughs> I got to throw it in there. No, you got to do it. You got to do the jokes. Man, that's awesome. Well, um, what what are you working on at the moment? Are you doing more like uh, speeches and stuff like that? Is there a foundation that if people listen can support? Is there anything that we can do to help? Yeah, let's break, let's break it down. Thank you for that, by the way. I really appreciate that. Um, so, so we, my wife and I, we founded a company called 17th Montgomery Productions. Uh, we made a documentary called Suicide the Ripple Effect. Uh, and you can find that at suicidetherippleeffectfilm.com. That documentary uh, has been taken down from most platforms, but the uh, educational licenses are available. Taken down from most platforms? Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm getting because we're going to relaunch it on Vimeo oh, okay, on demand uh, at the end of November. So it'll be out for everyone for the world to see at the end of November. Uh, don't have a date yet, but it, it'll be on our social medias, and you can find me at Kevin Hines Story on Instagram, and that's the easiest way. Yeah. We have a YouTube channel that's important because it's 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 got 500 plus videos, all designed to help you, the average individual, any individual, with their mental, brain, mind, behavioral, spiritual, and physical health and well-being. Uh, these videos are science-backed, evidence-informed. Uh, their wellness tools to change lives. We release uh, a mental health hack every Friday and a thing called Ask Kev where people from all over the world ask me questions about mental health and I answer them on different videos. Um, and we have, uh, there's, a, there's a video on there called The Art of Wellness 2.0, a 10-step guide to better brain health. And it is something that I put together years ago wow. in my third psych ward stay. I've used it ever since. And these steps are common sense, science-backed, evidence-informed, but they're amazing. And people from all around the world, as far as Peru, Africa, China, Japan, all across Europe, and, and Canada, Ireland, they're saying that in six to nine months of following this program, they see a dramatic improvement in their mental health. Wow, that's and, and, awesome. we, and we want to help you. We, we have a foundation. It's called the Heinz Foundation. Um, you, you can find it at, at, you can find it at kmheinzfoundation.org. Um, and we make movies, we make short form media because the fast, as you know, the fastest way to reach anybody right now is through video media. Um, and, and, and I'll say this, uh, the, the YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Kevin Hines, obviously. Yeah. And lastly, we just launched our podcast, Hindsights, oh, nice. a little play on words there. Uh, and it's H I N E S I G H T S yeah. podcast. Um, and we, we interview, uh, a some of the greatest minds in the field of, of, of wellness and suicide prevention and mental health and uh, B, uh, celebrities and individuals who have changed lives and then C, people who've triumphed over incredible adversity. Wow. Yeah. What about a Sea Lion Foundation? I know, right? Uh, oh, that, that's our logo. Oh, it is? That's our logo. Yeah, my wife designed it. It's a beautiful sea lion design. Look, we should it's go. Our logo. We, yeah. Make it once a month. Every time you have to go down to the water and yeah. throw fish in the water. Yeah. The sea <laughs> well, and then, you know, if, if people want to, if people who are listening and watching your show 
want to learn the whole story because yeah. you can't tell the whole story in an hour. Yeah. Um, then uh, they can they can look up my book, Cracked Not Broken: Surviving and Thriving After a Suicide Attempt. It's wherever books are sold, uh, and um, it's on my website at kevinhindstory.com. Damn, man, it's been it's been such a privilege, and I just want to say, people tuning tuning in, just check in on each other. Uh, yeah. I, I always say, like, give your friends a hug, tell your parents you love them, because uh, you never know what someone's going through, and they're the best thing to do is just make sure all, all okay, especially through this crazy time. Like people yeah. being in lockdown, there's whole, some people like Australia and New Zealand been locked down this whole time. I know. It's, 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 wild. it's so sad. But yeah, check in on each other. Uh, and if you did enjoy this, send this to a friend because you never know. Yes. They, might, they might need to hear this because this guy's been through it all and he's here to tell the tale and, and we're grateful for it. And I just want to say thank you so much and I really appreciate it. You're thank a legend. you, brother. Legend. Appreciate it. <laughs>